Believing Weakness Podcast. Kids are soft. You like discipline. But I've got news for you. You're not gonna have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little cushions. Oh no, it's time now to turn this mush into muscles. Alright, what I want to talk about right now is uh, one of my favorite compounds called Carterin, or also known as GW501516. Now, there is quite a bit of public concern over this in the fitness industry, and I want to touch on some things to maybe you know give your mind a, a little bit of a, an ease on that. So, Carterin is often lumped in with SARMs, but it's not actually a SARM. Now, this is mainly because it's often sold on the same websites that research chemical companies sell their SARMs on. This is kind of a similar situation to the compound MK677, which isn't a SARM, but it gets categorized as SARMs, but it's actually a growth hormone secretagogue. All right, so Carterin was actually developed in the 1990s as a drug candidate for metabolic diseases and you know various other cardiovascular issues. Now, this compound, what it is, I told you it's not a SARM, what it is is a PPAR receptor agonist. So a PPAR agonist changes the body's fuel preference from glucose to fat lipids. This process, in turn, upregulates the expression of proteins involved in energy expenditure. So this suggests that carterin can actually correct metabolic issues and then make the body become way more efficient at using its stored energy. So when you think about the body's stored energy, we're talking about you know the fat that's around your stomach and love handles. So now I want to talk about why people are concerned about this. So Carterin has actually gotten a, a pretty shitty rap because of this study from 2007. I personally think this study is really flawed and basically what happened is it observed the lab rats getting cancer and there's just there's a lot of flaws here in this thing and you can actually get online and read the study for yourself. First issue with this study was they gave these rats the carterin in very high doses comparative to their body weight. And what I mean by that is if you look at the study, the, the mice were given three to five milligrams of carterin per day. Now, to put this in perspective, the common, you know, 200-pound athlete only uses 10 to 20 milligrams of this day. So just think about that. You know, the average lab rat only weighs a few ounces, if even one whole ounce. And, you know, before this study came out in 2007, there were plenty of other studies done before this that didn't find the same negatives that this 2007 study did. In fact, it observed nothing but pauses, and we'll go into more about that later. But, uh, like I said, considering the size variance between rodents and humans, this would be like giving a human being 100 milligrams a day of this stuff. Now, the second problem that I have with this study was it's worth noting that the mice in the study were giving a compound called DMBA and I know I'm going to murder the name of this so I'm not going to get this right I'm just telling you but it looks like the name of the compound 
is 712-dimethylbenzylanthracinine. Now, they, we're, we're just going to call it DMBA for right now. So, they were given DMBA for an entire year. Now, why is this an issue? The issue is because DMBA is a known, highly toxic carcinogen. What this, what this chemical does is it is a immunosuppressor, and it just knocks the shit out of the, the, the immune system. And in turn, it becomes a tumor accelerator, especially in the organs. Now, the study found that after a year, <laughs> these mice developed tumors in their organs, which no other of the Carter and studies showed that. That's because the big variance is the DMBA. So it's no fucking wonder the mice got cancer, right? Therefore, I think the study is really flawed. And ultimately, the public concern over Carterin has been blown way out of proportion. Now, I mentioned earlier that Carterin is one of my favorite compounds. I have used it routinely for nearly four years, and I have yet to get cancer. In fact, I'm healthy as a fucking ox. Uh, I've used the pills, I've used the liquids, and I've even done an injectable form of cardarin on several occasions. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, there's no risk whatsoever, because any synthetic compound has some level of risk. I mean, shit, if you drink too much water, it's unhealthy, right? But like I said, you know, the flaws in the study means you got to take it with a grain of salt. And my experiences have led me to believe that as long as you take Carterin with common sense, then your risk level is greatly minimized. So that means staying within the safe dosing levels and cycle durations. Um, so the half-life of Carterin is 20 to 24 hours. This means that it can be taken just once a day. So the low dose for Carterin would be 10 milligrams daily, and the higher dose would be 20 milligrams daily. Now, in pill or liquid form, I get the best results at 20 milligrams because I'm a bigger guy. You know, I'm six foot three, weigh about 230 pounds, so I need a higher dose. Uh, but even at the more effective 20 milligram amount, this, this dosing is safe enough to can still consider it low risk protocol. I would suggest keeping all your cycle durations at 12 weeks or less before the body builds up a tolerance, especially, and that'll, you know, because the body is smart. I mean, it will get accustomed to whatever you're giving it. So you want to keep those cycles at 12-week intervals or less, and that will keep the body from uh, rendering it less effective and still keep everything safe. So what does Carterin do? You know, what are the benefits of it? Um, there are a shitload of studies out there that you can look up, especially on, like, pubchem.com that goes into a lot more of the, the positive aspects of this than what I'm going to mention. But one, it, it, it reduces the risk of plaque buildup in the arteries, and it also prevents oxidative damage to blood vessels. It's been shown to suppress inflammation. It's been observed uh, to increase physical performance and endurance. It reverses the symptoms of metabolic syndrome, and that's in human studies. Uh, it decreased triglycerides and fatty acids, fatty acids in human studies. It's been shown to increase the HDL cholesterol and lower the LDL. 
It increased the development of muscle fibers instead of turning the energy into fats, and it increased the use of fats as an energy source. So, you know, it's it's got a shitload of benefits. I other than the whole cancer scare, I have not seen any negative from using this compound. Um, I think it is a kick-ass tool to have in the arsenal as far as, you know, increasing your endurance or if you're on a cut or, you know, you're trying to do like a recomposition or maybe you've got, you know, a sporting event in the foreseeable future and you're trying to get your endurance and your metabolism where it needs to be. So one common question that I constantly get on the website is, uh, a lot of researchers ask if cargrin will affect the endocrine system and does it require PCT? Simple answer there, guys. This compound does not bind to the androgen receptor whatsoever. Therefore, it is completely non-hormonal and won't affect your natural testosterone production. So that means that using cargrin itself will not require a PCT. So... There's a, a lot of versatility in how to use cartering. Um, you know, you've probably heard people refer to cartering as being some sort of exercise in a bottle. Now, I personally think that's a really misleading statement, to be completely honest. Um, but the, the studies do show that cartering has pretty much undeniable benefits in repairing the metabolism. But deeming it an exercise in a bottle kind of indicates that you should expect to just lose shit tons of weight from doing nothing at all and sitting on your fucking ass. Cartering works best when you're in a caloric deficit and you're following a exercise program geared towards weight loss. This compound basically acts as a performance booster to accelerate that metabolism and intensify the results from your current fat loss protocol. So... Here's some of the various ways to run cartering and stack it with other compounds. I've tried every single one of these cycles at some point or another. First, cartering cycle just by itself. Now, this is the most popular way to run this compound, and it's what I did the first time I ever used it years ago. I was in a caloric deficit between 300 and 500 calories um, below my maintenance, and I took 20 milligrams a day for two months. Cardin was about, uh, cardio was about 70% of my training at the time, and this made my endurance go through the fucking roof. I also find that people doing, you know, workouts, you know, with weights that are more higher rep and interval training, or even like a contact sport like MMA or jiu-jitsu, really benefit from Cardin, really benefit from Cardin because it helps push you harder for longer before you, you get that feeling of gassed out. And that's where the observed uh, endurance aspects of this compound are, are noted. <clears throat> um, this is the ideal protocol, you know, using cardamom by itself. For people that are novice about using PEDs or research chems and just want to take a single compound to accelerate their weight loss efforts. And my suggestion would be for women to start at 10 milligrams a day and men to do 20 milligrams. Next is uh, Cardarin stacked with Rad 140. This is my absolute fucking favorite stack ever. And it has cutting effects really similar to whenever I've used real Anivar before. 
So Rad 140 is hands down the best overall SARM in terms of results and lean gains. And when these two compounds are stacked together, they become a cutting powerhouse, man. I mean, they go together like peanut butter and fucking jelly. Um, I, I would not advise that women run this stack because Rad 140 was originally created to replace testosterone replacement therapy or TRT. But a, for a guy who wants to do a solid ass cutting cycle and see some really good fat loss results with a little bit of lean gains, this is where it's at. Now this cycle needs to be ran uh, for about 12 weeks is what I usually tell people. And your Rad 140, you're gonna wanna dose it between 20 and 30 milligrams daily and the Carterin taking it 20 milligrams. Today's sponsor is Proven Peptides. Proven Peptides is the industry leader in high quality American made SARMs. While other SARM companies claim to give you pure and tested SARMs like Rad 140 and LGD, these folks actually prove it by third party testing each and every damn batch of product and then publishing the results on their website for the entire world to see. They also offer a money back guarantee and a one day handling period as well as an over-the-phone customer service department where you actually get to speak to a damn human being. So if you're looking for high-quality SARMs and other research chemicals like S4, Cardarin, and MK677, go to ProvenPeptides.com and enter the discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS. Again, that's discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS to receive 10% off your entire order. All right, next up we got Cardarin with Austrin as a stack. So this would be the female-friendly version of the Rad 140 and Carter and Stack that I just mentioned. Now this is actually a pretty versatile combo, depending on the style of training and type of diet being used. But Austrin is definitely the most mild of all the SARMs, and women seem to definitely get more out of it than men do in terms of sustainable results and really in strength gains. This would be more like a really mild run of Anivar for a female, and it would have minimal hormonal side effects too. Uh, therefore, you know, steroid-like masculinization issues should not be a problem. A good female dosing protocol would be 10 to 15 milligrams of Austrin paired with 10 milligrams of Carterin daily. Now, women should only cycle Austrin for a maximum of eight weeks. Now, this other issue might catch some of you all off guard, but I actually like to use Carterin to lower the side effects of Trin. Yeah, you, you heard me right on there. Now, it's a little known fact that Carterin actually helps negate a lot of the really harsh cardiovascular side effects from taking Trinblown. Now, Trin is an incredibly, po incredibly potent steroid I mean, really, it, it gives you the best bang for your buck in terms of, you know, results for the money. Uh, but it is harsh as fuck, and it is notorious for the negative effects on the cardiovascular system. Now, I've ran Trin several times, and every time that I do, my cardio, cardiovascular endurance just goes to complete shit within the first four weeks. Um, now, this likely explains the whole trend cough that we, we hear of a lot. And I always end up getting that shit halfway through the cycle. I mean, I even have a problem getting up a flight of stairs without feeling winded whenever I take trend. And, man, I just 
am coughing my head off the whole time I'm on trend. And I'll be honest with you, it kind of feels like a mild version of having walking pneumonia is what it feels like for me. Now, some people don't get it, so I can't really explain it. But I always seem to feel constantly out of breath and get winded real easy. And not to mention, um, you know, i got to keep my eye on the blood work and all that other shit because it's so taxing on the system. Um, now, carterin, where this comes to play in the trend cycle, is cardio. Uh, carterin increases your cardiovascular endurance and corrects those, the metabolic damage that's taking place in your body. This is why more and more trend users are starting to add carterin to their cycle. In my experience is that adding 20 milligrams to a trend cycle daily really seems to reduce the mentioned side of effects by about 50%. So, you know, if, if you're dealing with, you know, feeling winded and all that shit really bad, you know, this will reduce it to about half is kind of what my anecdotal evidence is with that. It's just all those side effects just get minimum, minimized. All right, so next we have Carterin with SR9009. So the Carterin and the SR really pair well together. And SR is another one of those compounds where it's not a SARM, but it gets lumped into that category by a lot of people. It's actually, and I, I, I'm probably going to screw this up, it is what is called a reverba agonist. Now, this means that what it basically does is amplify the action of a set group of proteins associated with particular activities in the body. Now, those activities include controlling energy expenditure, utilizing stored fat for energy instead of glucose, reducing your cholesterol levels, replacing dead mitochondrial cells with new ones, and balancing your circadian rhythm. So obviously, the SR shares a lot of the same traits as Carterin does. And what I found, and a lot of other people have found, is that taking these two together increases the overall effect, uh, effectiveness because they kind of create like a synergy when they are paired together, and that synergy just makes them both work even better. Uh, now, I would suggest the SR9009 be taken between 30 and 40 milligrams a day up to 12 weeks. Now, I really, you know, I, I've said a lot of times I don't think it really matters, you know, if you're doing the pills or you're doing the liquids or whatever, as long as you got a good source. And I'll go into sourcing here in a little bit, but this is a compound I really advocate getting in liquid form. Now, here's why. SR9009 does not have very good bioavailability. So it will work way better if you take it sublingual. So this means what you're going to do is take your dropper full of SR9 and hold it beneath your tongue for like an entire full minute. And what that's going to do is the, the big blood veins that are on the bottom of your tongue will actually absorb a lot of that compound. Uh, so that means you're just going to get more of it into your bloodstream. I like taking these two compounds together because they also seem to really boost my immune system every time I take them together. 